Hi guys, welcome to Wake Up With Wesley. I'm Wesley and I am sitting here with Colette Elosha. This is a new name for you, but not a new person. <laughs> Hi, Colette. Hi. Hi, you changed your name? I did. I did it. Man, how things change well, in a few short weeks. A few short weeks is lifetimes to some people. <laughs> a lot has changed. So we have to like right off the bat, tell people if they're looking for you, your Instagram handle has changed, your yes. name has changed. What's changed so that there's no confusion and all sorts of clarity? Okay. So my Instagram handle has changed. My new one is Colette.Elosha. That's it. Instagram. Okay. Um Balancing Cannabis still exists as a website, so you can find all the information about cannabis and cannabis meditation at Mm balancingcannabis.com. If you want to learn more about me and the other work that I do in addition to cannabis meditation, then you can find that at colettealosha.com. And so that talks about all of the other things that I'm doing, coaching, breath work, womb healing, uh, plant medicines, integration, all kinds of other things. So I'm just kind of expanding bigger than just being cannabis meditation and being a cannabis brand is just kind of time to stretch my wings a little bit and mm-hmm. put my name as the forward facing thing of my work. Um, and yeah, it was time to retire being a brand in a way I was hiding behind balancing cannabis as a brand. Yes, you were. Honey. And now it's time to not do that anymore. I'm excited Thank for you. you. Thank you. Here's the too. thing that we have. So we did our last episode together was um, finding safety in the body. Yes. People love it. I love it. It's mm. like my theme of this year. And then we've done a few more and, and everything will be pointing to balancing cannabis mm-hmm. or Colette Patricia. So you guys, this is your warning. Yes. Sorry. Find her. Sorry. So, you know what's so cute about us, Colette? We can be so prepared, yes. so planned. Like, really, genuinely, we are ahead of the ball here. And then fickle women, fickle yes. life. Well. We're like, ah, you know what? Never mind. And I love it. This is what it means to be a woman. Yes. Like, I actually changed my mind. Yeah. I want to switch everything up. I just want to change the whole path. <laughs> the whole entire direction I'm on, let's just, and I'm not shifting completely away. It's just, I'm not like being a cannabis forward facing brand anymore. I feel like I was sort of pigeonholing myself in a way. You were, that is like, it's so beautiful what you do with cannabis, but Mm. like, I mean, it's a fraction of what you have to offer. So I think that this was wise of you. I think this was divine. I think that it will, it will be good for everyone moving forward. I agree. I agree. So sorry to all the listeners that are trying to find me at Colette Patricia. That doesn't exist. So just (laughs) Colette Elosha. So it's Colette, C O L L. E-T-T-E dot E-L-O-S-H-A. Okay. Colette Alosha. Colette Alosha. Nice to meet you for the first time officially. Thank you, Wesley. Nice to meet you too. (laughs) Okay. So I'm so excited to be talking to Colette today because she and I were, we met up a few weeks ago and I was like looking at your Instagram and I, my mouth fell open, Colette, because you were talking about pattern interruption. And I just did a podcast the week that you were talking about it before the podcast was even out where I talked about pattern interruption with my brother. Like it was downloaded. I, I've become obsessed with this term pattern interruption. It's like this, this thing that I'm like, why have I never looked at that before? This is the most fundamental part of all this healing work that no one's really talking about. This woman in front of me, writes a post about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, Big Magic is real. Do you know that book by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes. Big Magic is real. Like I think that there's certain people attuned to like certain frequencies and information is just dropped down. And for whatever reason, this is the the theme that I'm super into. You're super into. You are the queen. Mm. So we're talking about pattern interruptions and then you call it disorientation. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just think that I should shut up and let you start talking about this stuff. (laughs) 
What do you think about this? What is disorientation to mm-hmm. you? Uh-huh. And how does it interrupt people's patterns? Okay, so I like to talk a lot about using dis- inducing states of disorientation as a mechanism for healing. So when you understand, even on a very basic level, I mean, I'm no neuroscientist or anything, but when you understand the way that the brain works, it literally is just like a software program running on autopilot all the time. Like 98% of our entire existence, we think that we're all like in our choosing and in our consent and all that. Mm-hmm. 98% of our entire waking consciousness is just a pattern. It's just a habit of being. It's a program that's just running on autopilot. And occasionally we want to decide if we want almond milk or coconut milk in our latte. And that we think that that's like this huge decision. But ultimately the brain is a very, very efficient machine. It's so efficient, in fact, that it will literally take the laziest way, if you will, which is usually a pattern. And mm-hmm. so our way of being, our waking consciousness, the way that we view the world, the way that we view ourselves, the way that our mind functions, the way that we think or have inner monologue happening inside of our brain space, most of that is pattern. And so what I like to share about and teach about is when you can step into a space where you feel safe in your body, like what we talked about in the last episode, the importance mm-hmm. of that for healing. But when you can cultivate that sense of safety in your body and then by choice inducing a state of disorientation, an altered state of consciousness, whether that's with plant medicines or not, there's many different ways to do it. When you can induce that state of disorientation, then what happens is that you shift your brain out of pattern. It's a Mm -hmm. pattern interruption. Mm -hmm. And I always say like when I'm guiding breath work or doing something like that, it's like we shift out of pattern and into potential. (gasps) Oh, I really like that. You shift out of pattern and into potential. Yes. When you do things like breath work mm-hmm. or cold plunges or plant medicine or like something extraordinarily different than your normal day-to-day average yes. life. Yes. Okay. And so out of pattern and into potential, once you're into potential, you could call that the quantum if you wanted. You could call it the universal field of intelligence, which is what Dr. Joe Dispenza calls it. You mm-hmm. can call it lots of different things, right? But this notion of the field of infinite possibility that exists not only universally, but for our own self and for our own evolution. It's like once you know how to induce these states and you feel safe inside of those states, meaning I'm completely surrendered and I'm going all in, there's no resistance in my body to what is coming up, to where I'm going, to what I feel, the sensations that are happening or what my physical body is doing in response to this induced state of disorientation. That's where you step into the quantum field of what's possible for you. Who do you want to become? What kind of version of self are you ready to be? It's like laying down trauma and patterns of ways of being that have been created from trauma experiences or limiting beliefs or uh, suppression or whatever else that we experience in this life that keeps us stuck or locked in a mindset or a way of being that's not serving. Mm It's all well and good to have positive affirmations and write sticky notes on your mirror. But if that shit is buried deep in your subconscious, Mm -hmm. you have to create a shift out of that pattern so that that subconscious belief can come to the surface and then you can get rid of it, essentially. You can rewire the brain. And so the best way to do that is through states of disorientation. However, the ego, which is very particular, and it likes to know itself through the patterns. Uh Uh-huh. And so the ego does not like these states of disorientation because the only way that it knows itself is through the historical data of what it's always been, i.e. a pattern, right? And so when we come into these practices, whether it's cannabis meditation, plant medicines, breath work, womb healing, or any of these other types of really profound potential 
practices, we have to know that we're going to come up against the part of our brain that does not want to induce a state of disorientation. You know what this makes me think of? So she does these, they're local, they're like womb healing workshops and it's like intense breath work and you cue everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking of your intro to that every single time. And Colette is so wise because she will say things like, I'm going to trigger you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something that will make you be like, well, I don't trust her. I don't like her. I don't do this. And if it's not me, it's going to be the person, the way they're breathing next to you or so-and-so, or I don't like this. And it's actually perfect for you. Like, like that's the trigger. Yes. That's the, that's you're meeting the, the ego. Mm-hmm. It's coming up against something. It's like, eh, this is too far out. This is too mm-hmm. far out of left field. Let me like hate this and come back into my complacent normal self because I know how to live and operate and win my day in this very like narrow avenue. Yes. Right. Yes. So is this what you mean when you say like, I'm going to trigger you and that's by design? Yeah. And, and that I don't say it in a sense to scare people or to be rude or I'm not like trying to trigger people. Yes. I'm trying to inform people. Yes, Yes. Thank you. Because I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to say that like, if we want to truly shift out of who we've been, if we want to truly heal and let go of old versions of ourselves that are no longer serving, we have to look face to face at those versions of ourselves. And so if me talking about sexual trauma in a very blunt sort of direct kind of counterculturally raw, honest way, mm-hmm. if that pokes a button in you, then I'm like, okay, now we know where the button is, Yeah. right? And so it's not, again, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to shine a flashlight for the people that are trusting me in the space. And, and my intention hope is that I've built enough safety with people that as they've come into this space that they say, okay, even though she's a little bit triggering to me right now this moment, or even though what she just said, like really fucking push my buttons, right? That there's enough established safety that we've built before we've even begun Mm -hmm. that you can let me hold you in that space. But ultimately, yeah, the triggering is what reveals the ego and it shows the mind of where you are in pattern. Yeah. And so once you're aware of it, then we can actually work on it. I always say you can't heal what you don't even know is there, right? And so if we're like, covering our eyes and and refusing to look at what's real for us inside of our own inner landscape, how can we ever expect to evolve beyond our trauma response or our patterns, our ways of being, if we don't even know what's in there? It's like I, when I started on my journey of like healing and really working with plant medicines, I was like, I am relentless in knowing what's inside. Mm-hmm. Like, just show me all of it. I need to know. I can't live blindly in my suffering any longer. Now, that doesn't mean that the awareness instantly like vamooshes away any of your suffering or your trauma, but it certainly does help as you're entering into these healing spaces in order to safely, comfortably, and in your consent, induce these states of disorientation or these altered states of consciousness that we're creating through cannabis or breath work or womb healing or plant medicines, when we're doing that thing, then there's this conscious choice. You're in your consent to say, I'm going into the uncomfortable, just like in the cold plunge, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm choosing to put my ass in freezing cold water. I'm not really much of a plunger myself, but those people choose that avenue because why? It builds our window of tolerance. It builds our nervous system's adaptability, Right. And so when I have a very frank discussion at the beginning of a womb healing ceremony and I discuss with with brutal honesty the amount of sexual trauma that we all hold in our womb, the way that reproductive trauma gets stored there, the way that generational trauma from our mother and our grandmother, all of this trauma that lives here, when I just speak of it very bluntly, then it creates this 
pattern disruption because we're very used to being very like skirting over stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So already before we even take one breath, I'm already creating a state of inducing disorientation essentially. Holy, it makes so much sense to me. I I actually love it. What's so like, when I think about this, I think of what kicked off my spiritual awakening and it was like hitting my rock bottom, like, like genuinely a rock bottom. And my rock bottom was very disorienting. This, this, is that the word? Disorienting. It was disorienting. Yes. I didn't know how to live and operate in the way that I always did. And I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't seeking it out. It just fell into my lap. And, and there's a wisdom in me now that knows that that had, I, I believe that that had to happen for me because I would have never sought this stuff out. Yes. I was not the type of woman to to go to a womb healing workshop or to do plant medicine or to do breath work. Like I, life had to pummel me to a point where I was so desperate to seek any sort of better state of being that it it forced me into these weird avenues. And I think it's so um there's a wisdom in these women who don't have to reach rock bottom who are curious enough to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go on this like weird womb healing and just yes. see what it's all about. Yes. Like maybe you don't have to reach a pummeling low. You could just start doing these things today if you're curious enough about it all. Like, do you yes. think that that is possible? Oh, 1000%. So and you can practice. Yes. Well, I, and I think the tale as old as time is I got to rock bottom and that's what led me to my spiritual awakening because mm-hmm. that ultimately is what we would define in the plant medicine world as an ego death, yep. right? And I don't like the term ego death and we could talk about that for a whole freaking episode, but essentially an ego death is when the the self, the version of self that you have come to know yourself collapses, mm-hmm. right? And so we call that rock bottom. We call that a mental breakdown. We call that an episode of psychosis. We call it, it lots of different like things. It felt like psychosis. Yes. I like actually went mentally ill. I, yes. I, I saw something different than myself mm-hmm. in the mirror, like true mental illness. Yes. And if you don't know how to hold that, that can be a very, very painful, uncomfortable, confusing place to operate. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is more of a season of disorientation, a massive pattern interruption in a way that's very, very serving, but also very, very painful. Mm-hmm. And so these this idea of let's consciously in our free will choose to induce a state of disorientation before I get to that rock bottom place, right? Before I get there, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in rock middle, right? Maybe I'm in rock low. I'm trending down. <laughs> All I know is that my life feels like it's a downward trend. Right, like a plane right. is going down. Or maybe I'm like that. literally levitating right above rock bottom <laughs> and I'm just like so close. I'm not there, but I'm so close, right? But like if you can just start on a path before you get to that place, or maybe you're already in rock bottom, right? And like I was the same way. I came to my spiritual awakening because of rock bottom. Life pummeled me down mm-hmm. literally to the point of, I mean, deep, deep depression and suicidal ideations and like just really, really just agony in my existence. And so I had no choice but to pursue a path of wholeness because I felt like the trajectory that I was on was ultimately going to kill me one way or the other. And so my intention in sharing these practices in a variety of different ways, modalities, in person, online, with different medicines, no medicines, using the breath, using the mind, using meditation, whatever, energy work, all of this stuff is like, I want to meet people where they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you're not the type of woman. That's the creating safety. Yes. Yes. That's the, the, the first, first fundamental step is 
the creating safety because without it, you actually can't reach that yes. disorientation, right? Yes. You 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 won't, and it's not it's not that you can't, but the it, the nervous system will literally keep you from dropping into that deep state of disorientation, which is also connected to thinning the veil between the conscious and subconscious mind, and it's also connected to our sense of it's called social engagement, which I think I might've mentioned on the last episode Mm -hmm. when the body, the nervous system feels safe enough to be open and engaged. You're not in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the combination of disorientation, a mind that is quiet and open and the nervous system that is really in that socially engaged space, that's where the magic healing realm exists inside of your body. And so it's like, my work is not to... you know, claim any type of ownership over anyone's healing. My work is not to teach really anything about spiritual practices or anything like that. My work is to just show you the map through your own body on how you can find and access the healing realm, we'll call it, within your own being. And then you can return to that as often as you want. And I'm offering, you know, two to four times a week and then a month, multiple times throughout the month that you can drop in with that with, with me if you want guidance. Yeah, I think guidance is kind of necessary in the beginning. It it's absolutely like, is. It's like you got to learn to swim in these waters because the word itself, disorientation, that scares people. What yeah. does that mean? Like what, maybe let's talk about that. Okay. What can feel, what does it feel like to experience disorientation? Well, the the first simplest analogy is if you were ever a kid that used to spin in the yard until you got dizzy and fell over and then you would like see the whole world spinning around you. If you were doing that when you were a child, then actually you probably quite might quite like states of disorientation. So I do. No wonder I love (laughs) (laughs) no wonder I love right. So we have been seeking ways to disorient ourselves since we were children, right? And even since the dawn of time, humans have been seeking states of disorientation, whether that's through any mechanism, psychedelics, plants, alcohol, even breath work, you know, sex, all of these different ways. People are seeking altered states of consciousness. Humans have done this since forever ago. So, but for this conversation, it's like, if you used to spin around in a circle till you got dizzy, then you already have accessed, at least in some way, a state of disorientation in your mind. The definition of of disorientation, if you look it up based on like the dictionary, is to confuse or to um, to reorient one's direction. The pattern yes, interruption. Yes, the pattern. Mm-hmm. So if you're oriented toward the same way you've always been and you're walking on that same path, then disorientation is getting you off of the pattern. It's literally an about face. It's literally an about face. But to that ego mind that only knows itself through the historical data and through being in pattern and through creating separateness between itself and all all other things in our known universe, then getting out of that pattern feels like death, ego death. And that's where that word comes from. Why don't you like it really fast? Why don't you like the word ego death? Because the ego does not ever die. As long as you have a brain and a mind that's functioning, you will have an ego. The ego is the expression of personality. So the ego can evolve. The ego can heal. The ego ego can grow, but it can't die. Now Mm -hmm. there's, I mean, there's different versions of you that feels like you're dying. And that's important to help people understand the significance of these. And I don't discredit the term ego death because it does genuinely feel like a part of you is dying because an old version of you essentially is. A construct is crumbling. A construct is crumbling. But I think that it's, it's misleading to people and it's intimidating. Dude, it is misleading. I have never thought about that because 
I think, especially with the amount of times I've done ayahuasca, I've experienced so many ego deaths. And then I like have another one. And I'm like, <laughs> didn't I, I, I kill done. that last yes. August? Yes. Right. And you so know? that's why I think it's misleading. Plus, people might have one experience and they're like, I have no ego. Yeah. I have transcended. And it's like, well, I, your ego showing. <laughs> like, I can see that thing. <laughs> hey, you that's know? your ego yeah, talking. That's it right there. You're, you're showing it to me. You're showing it to me. And so ego, I, I don't think you should kill the ego, right? And again, like I want to- Well, the ego's there also to kind of keep you safe. Yeah, the ego is 100% there to keep you safe. A hundred percent. So like, let's just heal the ego because the ego was born and formed through our lived experience, through our programming, through our trauma, through our conditioning, through our environment, through our socioeconomic class, through our culture, through where we grew up. Like all of these things is what's formed our ego. Mm -hmm. And, but also toss it almost, it feels like flipping. It feels like kind of like, okay, that doesn't matter. Like it's how I was formed. Yes. And we're saying, just get rid of it. Just kill it. Just get rid of it. But it also houses all of your intelligence, all of your creativity, all of your ideas ideas and anything that you want to create or bring into this world, all of that lives within the ego. So if we're coming into our healing spaces with this intention of you must die, you must die. Kill the ego. That's not loving, right? And so it's like, we don't need to kill the ego. We need to heal the ego and love the self and the version of self that is coming through as we continue to dismantle constructs of self that have been created over these lived experiences so that we can allow the most authentic version of who we are to bloom like a flower, right? I call it the magical ego. It's when your ego is no longer the production of trauma and just how you've lived in your entire life, but your magical ego is when the ego, the personality, the traits, the characteristics, the gifts, the intelligence, the creativity, the wisdom, the lived experiences that you do have, all of those begin to align to the service of the spirit, right? So often our ego, before we start this work, is literally just dragging our spirit through this world. Maybe you're aware of it, maybe you're not, but like the issues of the heart, the conditions of the heart are less important than the mind's desire to get things done, accomplish, win, create, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So the ego is driving the bus. So when I look at healing, I look at this notion of let's find our magical ego where my personality, my gifting, my lived experiences, my creativity are shining through my spirit. And they are in service to whatever my spirit is here to do. I have never heard it that way. And I am like a little bit dumbfounded. <laughs> okay, you know what Oprah says? <laughs> this, you're reminding me of Oprah. Yes. That's the best compliment I That's could compliment. ever tell anyone. Yes. She says that when the personality meets the soul... Mm-hmm that that is when you are on your life's path. And that's exactly what you're saying. And you know what it takes? Because this actually is ego. Like the the, uh, audacity to feel like, actually, yeah, I'm going to speak what I know because it matters. And I'm going to say it in a microphone. And I hope that people listen. Because isn't that a little egotistical? If we're like calling it how it is, Mm -hmm. isn't that a little bit ego-driven? But for the, the benefit of all, for the benefit of self, like... I'm a little mind blown. Yes. Colette, well, so then it makes so much sense yes. to me right so now. So then you're in your magical ego, right? Because if you think that you're going to ever get away from your ego, then again, you're just creating a new construct of ego, right? Yeah. And so this is what I do struggle with a lot with just like the online spiritual, what the it's heck ever. It's a bucket of everything. It's, it's just a, a clusterfuck to me. Yeah. It's a clusterfuck <laughs> bucket, you know? 
and I just think there's so much misleading information out there that's really, really confusing. And so this notion of like, oh, I, A, I have to have an ego death in order to heal. No, that's not true. Although if you have an experience of disorientation, inducing a state of disorientation on purpose for the as a mechanism of healing, mm-hmm. then yes, you can collapse old constructs of self that were created or born through trauma which gives space for that authentic expression of self to be born, to come through. And so it does, it can feel like this, I was, I died and then was reborn. So this language, because it's all our, that's the only language our brain has to make sense of these super profound experiences. Mm-hmm. And so again, I'm not like trying to poop who on everything, but I'm just trying to help bring more clarity. There's context. Right? Just context. This is what it's making me think of. So I had so many thoughts. I mean, I was raised LDS, mm-hmm. like, you know, now living here, like the tight, like the ideology is heavy. It's yes. thick yes. To, to truly break free from that and, and find your own way is a feat. Like it, it, it's a feat Mm -hmm. and that's all I'll say about that. But I remember I had to do in a plant medicine ceremony. I had to see, I had so many thoughts about God. So many, like, this is the way it is. And it is not that because I know even deconstructing, I still had some weird stuff. And I lived an entire journey with um, Homer Simpson as God. (laughs) And until I fully Yes. could accept yes. that Homer Simpson on the TV show yes. exactly how he is is God strangling Bart Simpson yes. in all the beer drinking gross in all the ways and just fully fully genuinely accept that and that's God too and that's God too the disorientation stopped and i just laughed yeah. like it was like a full acceptance of mm-hmm. okay it had to show me it in that way to break the pattern in my brain to actually see what the possibilities of God mm-hmm. are. Because if I don't believe that God is Homer Simpson, then I actually don't believe in in what I know God to be now. Yes, 100%. That's it. That's the whole thing. And so it's it. this conscious choosing to return to inducing states of disorientation as a mechanism for healing, right? It is like, to me, it's, it's, Hey, it's fun. Like I like to do it, you know, even though it's painful at times, of course it's painful because we have to come to our awareness of what's actually being held. Does into it our have body. to be painful each time? I mean, breath not work, each time, not each breath time work hurts. Yeah. Breath I mean, work is breath work is going to be painful every time. It, it's work. It's called yes. work. And it like your lungs burn, it burns up in your shoulders, mm-hmm. but then you pass through this, like it's this bridge you cross over yes. and you stop feeling the pain and then it actually gets real fun, real fun. And it's, well, some people call equate it to like a runner's high. I'm no runner. So I don't know what this word is runner's high. I don't, mm-hmm. I've never experienced this in my body. <laughs> You've heard about it. It's heard, a myth. There's a, there's a there's mystery a out there that if you run at some point you get high, I've never had that experience, but that's just me. But there is a point that you like, you're just exactly as you're describing, you cross over the bridge and you get into a state of flow with the breath work. And that's when you're in the magic space. Mm-hmm. And so where however much work it takes for you to get from where we begin over the bridge, which depending on what you're coming up against in your body, how much um, resistance you have, how much um, fear you have, how safe you do or don't feel in your body, all of that is going to be revealed on that first half of the bridge. And so it's like once you get past that thing and you finally surrender into just the discomfort that is breath work then you will drop into the magical space. And in that magical space, there's interesting sensations, there's interesting colors, there's different things that you feel in your body. The hands or the face muscles do different weird, bizarre things because essentially you're offsetting these gas levels of carbon dioxide and oxygen in your blood. And so when you do that, 
then the alarm systems are going off. Alert, alert, danger, danger, danger. I don't, it's like, imagine Uncharted like, territory. Yes, imagine a red light just like going off with a siren because your body's saying, hey, 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 our oxygen levels are off right now. This is not safe. And so by overriding that, this in breath work, by overriding that sort of inner alarm system, then you start to see all of these ways that you keep yourself safe. And I'm using air quotes around this because it's not, you're not keeping yourself safe. You're keeping yourself stuck and you're in pattern, right? And so when we choose to trust the practice, pushing through those moments where the alarm systems are going off, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Stop doing this. This is bad. This is dangerous. I can't breathe. Oh my God, my hands my are hands cramping are up. Weird. I'm uncomfortable. This hurts. I'm having weird thoughts. I'm having weird <laughs> thoughts. I feel tingly in my body, you know? All of those little signals are starting to go off. And if you just say, nope, I trust this. Nope, I trust this. I'm going in. I'm keep going. And I just keep pushing through that breath as you're being cued and being held. Then on the other side, it is literally like stepping through the doors of Narnia. And it is like you've stepped into another realm. Now you're in the healing realm. And sometimes the healing realm, the I, I imagine the ego just sort of like is on the back burner, kind of just like wide-eyed and stunned at what it's witnessing inside of those spaces. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that ego mind, that personality mind is kind of like not present at all. And you're just experiencing yourself as energy or as sensation. And this is what we do in cannabis meditation is this real deep connection to what do you feel? feel energetically, not just emotionally, but in sensations. What do you feel inside of your body? And so as we continue to choose to not only return to these practices, but to practice returning with our executive function to say, Mm -hmm. I'm going further. I'm going to push my edge. I'm going to stretch my comfort zone a little bit more. That is building my window of tolerance, just the same way that putting your ass in a 40 degree bucket of ice water is building your window of tolerance. And so the more often we can consciously and safely and in our consent, stretch our window of tolerance, Mm -hmm. the more adaptable we become to navigating through stress in our lives, in our work, with our kids, with our spouses, with 2020 and 2023 happening, just Mm -hmm. like we become more flexible. Mm -hmm. So then when we see something pop up on Instagram or there's another news thing that just hits us in the gut or another thing of life that just happens, then there's this capacity to come back to the self, come back to the breath and say, oh, I know how to create safety, even in the face of intensity or adversity. Hello, my beautiful listeners. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Ned has the best CBD products on the market. So their pro- their products are full of premier CBD and also it's a full spectrum of active cannabinoids. Um, that means that it nourishes our body's endocannabinoid system. And an interesting thing I just learned is that this is also the part of our body that keeps our appetite satiated and our weight finely balanced. Um, which is amazing to me. So their products help in a range from anxiety and pain relief to sleep aids, brain focus, and so much more. So if you've been listening to the show, you already know that I love taking my Ned CBD drops at night. The quality of my sleep 
that I get when I take my Ned drops is unmatched. I feel like I'm a superhuman. My days are better. My work is better, which makes my life feel better. So you guys, if you want to have amazing sleep, you can try out Ned CBD at helloned.com slash Wesley or enter code Wesley at checkout to get 15% off any purchase. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Wesley to get 15% off. Thank you so much to Ned for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Let's talk about Element. Element is the best electrolyte drink mix with the purest ingredients on the market. Electrolytes are so good for us. Not only do they help with our body's fatigue and brain fog, but did you know that they affect our nervous system as well? So fun fact, electrolytes conduct nerve signals and regulate the fluid balance in our brain. So sodium is critical for our brain health. When we're low on sodium, our body can actually like experience headaches, fatigue, um, a lack of energy and enthusiasm. And I feel like so many people deal with these symptoms on a day-to-day basis. I definitely have days where I do. So my favorite remedy is a quick packet of Element. It dissolves in a glass of water and it actually tastes pretty damn good, you know? Like as shockingly, like there's there's no bad stuff. There's no additives. There's not even sugar. So like I was surprised that it tasted good. I thought it would be salty and weird. It's actually delicious. So if you haven't tried Element yet, now is the time. Right now, my listeners get a free sample pack with any purchase. So that's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Wesley. This deal is only available through my link. So you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash Wesley. Thank you to Element for sponsoring today's episode. Now let's get back to the show. Bronson and I were talking about this, like, like, I want to say last night on the way home. We were at the Trevor Hall concert last night. Clit was there. But we were talking about um, how when something comes over, we're talking about work. It was Mm -hmm. like work shit always is popping up. And I was like, Bronson, have you noticed that like, especially this year, because we've been doing this stuff with you, especially with, with in lots of different ways for many years now. And we put two and two together that this year is working out differently for us than any other year that we ever have before because when shit arises, we tackle it for we will scrap our whole day to tackle whatever is coming up and we used to be the people to be like, okay, well we'll put that on the back burner, we'll get to it. We I swear it has not hit me till right this second. I think that doing this work has taught me just to go straight into yes. into the problem. Yes. Like the problem is actually how you get out of the problem. Like you go to the problem and then you get out of the problem. And I think for forever and always, all of us, we grow up in a society where it's like, avoid that. That's Mm going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll just skirt around that, brush this under the rug. Mm -hmm. That is how we have all lived and operated for the majority of all of our lives. It's socially acceptable to behave that way. It's actually weird to be like confronting about an issue. But this work has taught me, I think subconsciously, because this is the first conscious conversation I've ever had about this, Yes, to actually go there first, yes, get it over with. Well, it makes so much sense because normally if any type of external stimulus, as you're describing an issue with work or whatever comes up, then what's going to happen is your pattern of your nervous system response state. So if you've lived in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn your whole life, which most of us have until you start doing this work, if you've lived in that chronically, 
that's your operating system. Pick your flavor. Yeah. Flight, freeze, yeah. spawn. We'll use flight. I'm a flighter. Well, when that one, what you were just describing, put it on the back burner, sweep it under the rug, uh-huh. right? Avoid, 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 avoid. That's flight all day, right? Flight all day. And so if your natural state, your pattern state is flight, then when anything comes up, whether it's something at work, whether it's something with your kids or whether it's something internally, you got triggered or whatever, something happened to you, the the natural program is flight. So then it's, let's sweep it under the rug. Let's avoid it. Let's not do that. And so because your nervous system capacity for range is quite limited, if Mm -hmm. you've only ever lived inside of flight, for example, right? So then when something intense happens, what are you going to do? You're going to go the path of least resistance. The brain is a very efficient machine. And so it's going to go to a flight mechanism and you're going to dip out. So by putting yourself in this work, you're expanding your nervous system's window of tolerance, no different than an ice bath does, right? You're expanding your body's capacity to hold intensity so that when something arises, you can go, oh, I see my propensity to flight in this moment. I used to sweep under the rug, but let's just go in. Let's just get it done. Whatever you this is, let's just switch it up. And that is the pattern interruption. And that's, you're seeing it now manifesting in real time. God, I love it. You know what else? This is, people always start this work because they're having a personal problem. <laughs> like, oh, I'm experiencing something internal. It's a secret. Yes. No one wants to talk right. about it. Like the amount of people, Colette, that come to you and they're like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> like it's all, it starts off secretive mm-hmm. because there's shame wrapped up in all this so stuff. Much. And then, and then they do this stuff because they have like one particular ailment, problem, shame thing that they're dealing with. And then it changes their whole life. Yes. This is why. This because is like you treat the root cause, you treat, and then you, then you expand your yeah. body, your nervous system's abilities to handle more things. And it changes not only the, the problem that you went in there trying to correct, but then the way you operate in your family, yes. in your relationships, in your work schedule, and how you, the relationship I have with technology, yes. like it doesn't, the buckets overfill every single yes. compartment of life. And this is why this is life-changing work. Yes. You go in for one thing, it actually turns your life around 100%. in a total... It's mind-blowing It's crazy. To me. Like you go into one ice bath, you go into one womb healing ceremony, you go into one breathwork thing, you're going to leave there being like, Wow. I feel better. I feel different. I feel clearer, right? And if you never return to that, then it can still manifest in a lot of positive ways. But if you continue to return to this work in that way and consciously understand what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you're reconditioning the nervous system first towards safety and then toward expansion, right? And so I want to expand my nervous system so that it is so flexible and it is so fluid that I'm able to hold almost anything because the way that I see our world is that we need strong nervous systems for whatever the fuck is coming. we do. Right. And it's only getting more intense. Yep. And so this, what you're just describing is having this conversation with Bronce and then feeling like, Oh, we realized this problem came up and we just went right into it. It's like, yeah, we're fundamentally different people. Yes. But I don't feel like I made that conscious choice. You didn't. You rewired the subconscious brain and you expanded your nervous system's capacity for adversity. You increased your window of tolerance. I'm less avoidant. You're less avoidant. And now you're just present and you're like, okay, well, it's just easier if we just address this thing right now, because if we avoid it, ultimately what you know to be true is that if you avoid whatever it is, it's just going to be building energy in your Mm -hmm. body of fear, more anxiousness, more avoidance, more disgust and not wanting to Mm -hmm. attend to it. And so it's actually, it's like rip the bandaid off. There's a reason that that 
quote or that saying is so cliche because it's so true. If you just it's head matter. into it, then it it heals quicker. Everything changes quicker and you can shift. But if you're already at your eyeballs in a trauma response of flight or fear, then ripping the Band-Aid off is the equivalent of ripping an arm off. And so, of course, you're going to avoid the little conflict at work because, no, I'm, I'm not going to rip my arm off for that thing. Yeah. But once we have calmed the nervous system through practices this way, once we've grounded into the body, then when the issue comes up, it's no longer me ripping my arm off. It's just, oh, I'm going to rip a Band-Aid off. It's going to be a little uncomfortable for a second, and then it's going to be fine. Okay, so it's making me think of like some of the feedback I get mm-hmm. By sharing what we do here, mm-hmm. working with you, doing what we do, it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea. And I've had uh, like conversations that kind of sound like this. This is like an example. Um, well, it's cool you do all that. Like you know that you could just go to talk therapy. Like that's like a healthier. You should just you should be promote, promoting that. Or like religious people will be like, well, I don't need to go do psychedelics and ayahuasca. Like I just go to God. Mm-hmm. You know, like and. And I respect that, but it, I find myself in conversations where it's like people who, who love the, it could be meditation people, like people who are really fundamentally like on their mat and they meditate in this specific way. And it's like, they are, they're pure meditators in their way. They will look at someone like me or like you who are like, oh, I want to try this and I'll do this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, that's a cheat code. That's a hack. That's Mm -hmm. a, this, like if you just sit on your mat long enough and are quiet enough, you will get there. And I almost feel like they're mad because like there's a hack. (laughs) And my rebuttal is always like, well, if there's a shortcut, like I, the only thing I have here is time. Why don't I get there sooner, faster, quicker Mm -hmm. in a way that I kind of enjoy and it's intriguing and it's, it's like really fun to connect with these people. And I'm, I'm having a lot of fun and there's a lot of joy in this. So why I can respect that other people think that I'm, I have a cheat code or a hack, which is just like, by the way, our breath, Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. breath, if if our breath is the cheat code, is it really cheating? Right. Is it really cheating? Right. And I don't think so. No, definitely not. And also, I mean, again, I think that all talk therapy has a humongous need in our world. In fact, like we need more therapists right now more than ever, I think, in the history of humanity. I think that having a relationship to God where you feel safe enough that you can come truly to God as your most vulnerable self is transformative. I 100% support that. I also would lovingly say to people that would argue against using even we don't even have to talk about plants in this conversation we'll just talk about breath work if you understand the way that the brain is rigid and locked until you unlock it right the mind the mechanism of mind the way that the mind is developed it is very very oh it's so smart the brain is the mind is so fucking smart and so when you're going to talk therapy you're in your choosing about what you're sharing you're in your you're in your own mind about what's what you want to say what you don't want to say you're choosing language so that you can make sure that your side of the story is being told in the way that your ego wants that story being told and again it's i'm not saying anything negative against talk therapy because i do genuinely believe that that is a very very important protocol and practice for sure to help people understand their waking conscious and there's mind. accountability with the therapist yes. there's someone calling you out a hundred percent a hundred percent and i'm not a therapist right i'm a somatic practitioner i'm going to teach you that yes the mind is very important but also what about your whole entire body 
Mm-hmm. What about the fact that your nervous system made of the same cells that make up your brain are spread through your whole entire body? And if we're not attending to the subconscious and to the somatic living of these energetics and these thought patterns and these patterns of being, if we're not attending to those in the entirety of the being, then you're only scratching the surface of the iceberg, mm-hmm. right? Like the literal tip of the iceberg that's poking out of the water, there's your brain great. Talk therapy is really helpful. You can go in there. You can scrape some snow off of there. You could even burst it with a bomb if you wanted to and just open it all the way up. But if you don't address the giant subconscious and somatic experience of your lived experience that's in your body, then you're still only going to get so far. You can only get as far as the structure or the rigidity of the conditioned mind will take you. Mm -hmm. And so even if plants are not your cup of tea, I don't judge that at all. They're not for everybody. And they should only be approached with reverence by people who have done their research and that that are ready to explore that. But breath work, your breath, you can use your breath to expand your mind, your consciousness, open your subconscious, open your body, open the container in a way that really helps you heal and transform. Why would you not do it, right? Why would you not even try it one time, right? And so I, and I think that... Again, it still feels woo-woo to people, which is wild to me because I'm like, it's literally breathing. Yeah. There's a girl I know that won't allow her husband to do it because it's too much like drugs, but it's just the air. It's just like our air. Well, I mean, when you get deep into breath work, then allegedly your pineal gland releases natural reserves of DMT. I've seen full-on visions. Yes. Breath work was like my first visionary experience. Mm -hmm. Breath work is... Probably the most profound sober experiences that you can ever have in this human condition, in my opinion. Like it is next level. And that's why, you know, it's like if you're not ready for cannabis meditation or plant medicines at all, then start with breath work. That's what I say to everybody, anybody that comes through my training or my facilitator trainings. It's like if you have people that are coming to you that are apprehensive or fearful of cannabis or plant medicines, start them on breath work. Let me run you through a breathwork exercise before I even consider not whether or not I'm comfortable in holding space for you with plant medicines, mm-hmm. because breathwork is going to show me everything that I need to see, right? And I can see based on someone's ability to drop in or not drop in through an experience of breathwork where they are in their nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it's like, okay, cool. Keep breathing. It's Keep, a great starting it's point. It's a great starting point. It's safe. You're not using any plants. You're not outside of your consent at any point you can stop breathing and or not stop breathing but stop the breath pattern <laughs> right yes so like in a breath work we do it's called like three-part breath and so you breathe in this specific pattern at any point during the journey you can just stop doing that and then you'll just come right back just recalibrate like, yep mm-hmm. recalibrate come back to total total normal waking consciousness and so you don't have to wait for the medicines to wear off if as when you're working with plants right and so breath work is the best way for people that are fearful, apprehensive, nervous, unsure, scared, or just feeling like, I don't know, I'm pretty tapped in. I don't really feel like I need plants because not everybody needs the plants. Just get to breath work and you will launch. You will go. You will initiate disorientation. Yes. And in that disorientation, you will step into the healing realm that exists inside your body. Call it the quantum, call it the universal, call it the field, call it God, call it whatever you want. But when you step into this space that exists inside of every single human being, Homer Simpson included, right? (laughs) You can tap into this infinite potential of healing energy. And that really is what all of my work is doing. So my intention with cannabis meditation, breath work, I teach a movement class on Thursday mornings and I do a these womb healing workshops, whether it's live or in person or virtually, it's like all of that, my intention behind every single offering that I've created is simply just to show you the treasure map 
to the space inside of your body where the magic lives. But I can't walk the journey for you. I can only show you how to go there. I know that bothers you. You you would. You I would, would hand in hand. I, I know you could. I mean, like, and I, can, I will hand in hand go with you. <laughs> but you have to go with me is really, it's like we have to go together. Yeah. I can't take you. Mm-hmm. You can't drag me, right? And so it's like if someone's going to be in my space, especially like in a one-on-one experience, if I'm doing energy work with a client or doing something one-on-one, then yeah, we're going to go together, right? You call me Miss Frizzle. I love that. Like mm-hmm. that to me is like, of all the names I've been called, Miss Frizzle is probably my favorite one. Because you are her. And so it's like, I will go with you to the depths. I will go with you to the pain. I will go with you to the grief. I can feel it in my own body. I'm dropped in right there alongside you with my people. And that creates the safety. And that I think it helps, yeah. It does. It helps me. Like, I need that. Right. But you are the one that has to take the step. You're the one that has to push through those alarms in your brain saying, this is bad. This is dangerous. I'm uncomfortable. It hurts. I'm blah, blah, blah. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to look at that, whatever. The person has to be the one in their choosing to push forward. I posted something today on Instagram about just like your depth or height or expansion of the experiences that you'll have in your healing spaces mm-hmm. has zero to do with the skills or the modality of the practitioner. And it has everything to do with your safety with that person, mm-hmm. right? So you could step into the room of quote, air quote, the most gifted healer on the planet, if that is even a thing, right? If you stepped into that person's space and you didn't feel safe with them, they can do nothing for you. Nothing. And so this notion of my work in building safety, my work in saying, hey, get on the bus. I'm Miss Frizzle. Let's go into the body. I'll show you where to find it through the breath, through breathing, through sensation, through whatever else I'm doing. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you because I love you and I want to help you and I want to support humans, but I can't go for you. And so I think one of my giftings is in holding space is my empathic nature to be able to really, really be attuned to where people are at inside their journeys and inside their own bodies and the turbulence that they might come up against in accessing these healing realms within themselves. And so in me being attuned to that, I can hold space for them. I can cue them more intuitively and more directly into pushing back past those little barriers. Okay, so you just said turbulence. Mm. So what what would be some turbulence that you experience in in a disorientating experience? What would be what's considered turbulence? I mean the emotional turbulence is going to be the most obvious, right? And so it's like you step into this space and you begin to breathe or you begin you have some cannabis and you lay down and you begin to feel and the heart is beating really fast and then all of a sudden any emotions that are sort of lying dormant right under the surface that you've been either avoiding stuffing or you didn't even know were there, they're going to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And so the very first thing is like get ready for an emotional process. You, you are a human being, right? We all have emotions and we have all been conditioned to stuff them. So whenever we are on a path of healing, we will, 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 will come up against emotions that are in the body that have been repressed or suppressed for a long period of time or just from this morning, right? Like, oh, so such and such happened and it really pissed me off, but my kids and I didn't have time and blah, blah, blah. And so now here I'm crying over the silliest thing. And it quote, could be any, it, it could, could be, be weeping. It could yep. be crying. For me, my most suppressed um, emotion was anger. Oh yeah. Rage. Oh, 100%. so then I'm like doing all this work and I'm like, wait, I'm fucking mad yes. as hell yes. all the time. Yes. What is wrong? It yes. feels like such a back step. Yes. And it's actually just repressed anger. Yes. I, I mean, that's the holy rage. That was my that's first, the holy like, rage. it felt holy to yes. me. Like it's when sacred. I 
tapped into that because that was pattern interruption. Yes. That was me getting my myself to such a state of disorientation where I was looking at my rage for the first time in my life and saying, oh, this is the most appropriate thing I could ever feel. And this is God. Yes. Like being this mad, yes. holy work. Yes, 100%. <laughs> when that is not wildly acceptable. Well, like if your pattern is being Sally Sunshine for your entire life and your value and everybody around you only projects onto you that your value is in You're your happy, sunshine, you're good, you're yes. easy. And then all of a sudden I'm fucking mad you're for raging. four and a half months. Yeah, it's intense. And everyone's like, oh, wait, you're yeah. on a healing path. Like you're, this is awful. And I'm like, yeah, this is right. <laughs> fucking mad and it's right <laughs> don't at me i will bite you yes that is pattern interruption that's the so that's point. the turbulence that's the turbulence right and so the turbulence that comes up in them is the first and foremost is emotional turbulence right that's the most obvious the second type of turbulence is going to be mind turbulence and so mind turbulence can come in the form of lots of different things repeating thoughts anxious thoughts intrusive thoughts um weird thoughts that are not yours and like that's an interesting one to even explore and, and to really <laughs> perceive like whoa that's a weird thought there's no way i actually think that but yet it exists inside it of your like brain. purges out and so it's there right so turbulent thoughts in general or just turbulent mind energy it could be anger and angsty and anxious kind of all wrapped up into one little clusterfuck of craziness right has little tasmanian little devil. tasmanian devil there's just turbulence in the mind the other one is turbulence and sensations and so sometimes people can experience physical pain in the body because a like what you're saying breath work is work it's not breath play it's not breath yum it's not breath zen right it's breath work and it is literally working and so when you stretch your lungs to that capacity the way that we do when you are choosing to push through that discomfort you can find physical things or different pockets of pain or discomfort that present themselves in the body the other thing that happens is the hands kind of i call them lobster claws there's a real word for it which i get confused because there's tinnitus and tinnitus. There's, it's like mm -hmm. something like that. Anyways, I should really know that word, but I don't. Anyways, they kind of clamp up like little lobster claws or your facial muscles will kind of clamp like your face is paralyzed in a way. And that feels really scary and intense, but it's just because there's less carbon dioxide in the blood and in the tissues once you get to a certain point on this breathwork journey. And so when you reduce that carbon dioxide in the tissues, then the muscle, muscles kind of shrink and in the hands and the face, it seems to where it does it the most. And so when that happens, the brain goes into that red alarm system. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. This is bad. Alert, alert, alert. All of my firing alarm systems start going off that can feel a little bit turbulent. And so I think that, again, anytime you're stepping into a healing space, whether it's med plant medicine, breath work, it's with an energy practitioner or someone who's going to support you in that space, you, you, you shouldn't go in if you think that it's all rainbows and butterflies. It's the goo phase, right? You want to go in and become a butterfly. Well, you got to literally dissolve into a, a bunch of goo. Mm -hmm. And that can't like, f I mean, maybe it feels great to a caterpillar to dissolve into a bunch of goo. Maybe it sucks, man. I kind of think it, it sucks. sucks. Maybe it feels like acid. Maybe it feels painful. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't checked with the caterpillars. I'll try to see if I can get on a call. But like, honestly, it's like you can't come into this work and not be ready for some of that. And I think that it's really, <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's a reflection of our just like privilege and entitlement in so many ways of feeling like, oh, this should be easy. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy. Healing is not going to be easy. If you're, I'm in my, I'm 37. So it's like, I started my healing journey when I was right around 30, 31. Right. So I've been like in this shit for almost a decade. And it's like, it has not been easy, but mm -hmm. It is so worth it. It's so worth it. And so I'll go in to sob my fucking guts out and lay on my floor and have a temper tantrum or 
a rate, a fit of rage come over my body or just like overwhelming amounts of grief. I'll do that because now I have enough historical data to prove that it is fucking worth it Mm -hmm. and it is working. Mm -hmm. Right. So now I'm seeing the manifestation of my more flexible nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, as my nervous system becomes more flexible, I become more adaptable. I become more creative. I become more successful. The right people continue to find me and align into my path. Everything seems to continue to line up. Now, does that mean everything's rainbows and butterflies? No. Being a human is so fucking hard, but my nervous system can hold the experience now. Wow. I love this, Colette. (laughs) This is like my favorite talk I've ever had. I have had all these thoughts and I have not heard it in this way. It feels like nourishing. It feels like, you know, my favorite word. Yes. It feels nourishing Mm -hmm. to talk like this with you. Like, I know it's got to feel like this for the, the listeners. So what I guess... Let's get really, really clear on what you offer because I'm assuming that this is going to cause some outreach. I hope so. I would love that. Because okay. you do work with people from all over. Like they yes. don't have to be local to here. So so let's like rally on that for a minute. Okay. So if you're local to Utah, I host monthly or bi-monthly, probably bi-monthly starting in 2023. So I host bi-monthly womb healing workshops with my dear love, Rita, who does energy work. She's just an incredible human being. We do those workshops together. In person. In person. And there's usually between 35 and 40 women that come to those. And it's a four-hour journey through conversation and dialogue, um, a little bit of movement, breath work, meditation, energy work, and then some share circles and we eat some muffins. I fucking love the muffins. And they're the muffin, gluten-free. And they're gluten-free. <laughs> they're so good. They're, they're Wait, I tell people how freaking the cannabis, how or not cannabis, womb healing, it's blowing my mind. My mom will give me consent to say this okay. because we know Mama Joy and yes, she'll, she'll love it. Joy's so right. she was like going into menopause. She's going to be 60. She's like going into men- menopause, but she's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And she did the womb healing workshop. She started her period the next yes. day. I started my period the next day, a week early. I am like clockwork regular. Mm-hmm. The, the womb healing actually fundamentally clears out some shit in the womb. It's really wild. It's not pleasant words. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, the word womb healing does not convey what actually is going on because I can't even describe how real it is. Something energetically shifts just being around women like that. And we all start off so like timid and we're like, hi, polite, the masking selves. And then at the end of that four hours, Mm -hmm. we're looking around each other. We look haggard. We're like, (laughs) The mask is off. Yes. The words that yes. come out of people's shared experience. Yes. It's profound. It's profound. So Incredible. womb healing. God, womb healing if you're here, go to it. Yes. If you're in Utah, come come to a womb healing workshop for sure. Even if you're a little bit intimidated by it, I always tell people like, just come and don't breathe. Like don't do the breathwork part and just come and experience it first. If you're nervous to like go all, all the way in with us. There's usually about 50% of the people that are there are returners and 50% of the people are new. And so we have this beautiful balance of people that are here to fucking go in and do the work and they're going to scream their guts out and cry and set the container and give permission for mm-hmm. new friends who are like, wait, it's really okay for me to scream fuck at the top of my lungs. It's or like, howl. Oh, yeah. Or howl. Someone howl. Or, or I was scream like, or sob or cry or just yell or s- kick your feet or whatever it is. Like, yeah, this is the space. And I, I give this, all this information in the 
intro too. So it's like, if you're local to Utah and you're curious, even if you're a little apprehensive, you can come and just not do the breath work and just experience the energy and what happens and then decide if it's something that you're ready to really fully dive into. But if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I am here, I am here for this, then just come, Mm -hmm. just come and just breathe with me and let's walk to the depths together. Um, So yeah, so so that's happening in person. I'll always, I will also be offering some co-ed breathwork workshops starting next year as well, which I'm super excited about because yeah, let's let the men we in. need to rebalance the masculine and feminine. So I'm so very excited about that. So that we'll stay tuned for that. But 2023, we'll be doing co-ed and co-ed breathwork journeys. Okay. Okay. So that's that. Online, however, you can work with me in lots of different ways. So every Monday night, I do a cannabis meditation. You do that from the comfort of your own home. You can choose to smoke weed or not. You can choose to do an edible or a tincture if that is more serving to your body. Um, it's a 90 minute guided meditation where we, I talk for a little bit at the beginning, make everyone feel comfortable, give you all the informed consent information that you need. We offer a blessing over the cannabis. We create that safe container. We consume cannabis together. Um, we do a little bit of breath work when you have cannabis in the system because it helps us really feel more and activate that energy. And then I guide you through a body scan meditation and then just through a visualization exercise of experiencing and feeling energy in your body. So that's every single Monday night. That's a donation-based practice. And so it's like, I want to keep that accessible for anybody. I don't want finances to be a barrier to healing for people. And so that practice will stay a donation-based practice um, forever. So that's that's the big one. That's uh, my community meditation. Usually there's anywhere between 60 and 80 people on those calls on Mondays, which is just so amazing to have that, that many people so from cool. around the world, literally coming together and meditating together. It's just, it's so humbling. It's so beautiful. So Monday night, cannabis meditation, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Smoke some weed or don't. Just come without cannabis. You don't need it. The other two classes that I offer, which I offer these, well, all of the classes, including cannabis meditation, but the other classes are hosted on um, my virtual studio platform, which is called Love Culture. And so Love Culture is my a studio that I've created with myself and about a dozen other practitioners that have gone through my cannabis meditation facilitator training. And they offer a variety of different types of classes. We have movement, meditation, sound baths, yoga nidra. Um, we do grief workshops. We have integration and psychedelic preparatory classes. Um, and we're adding classes so much more. I'm going to have some professional doulas talking about cannabis and pregnancy, cannabis and postpartum, um, cannabis science. So like all kinds of just interesting, accessible education and experiences using plants or not. And so on Tuesdays at five, I do breath work. Cannabis is optional. Cannabis will crank that breath work to the moon. So if you want a psychedelic experience, then have some cannabis before breath work. If you're not ready for that, just come for breath work. Um, so Tuesdays, Tuesday evenings at five, I do a breath work every Tuesday on the Love Culture platform. And then Thursday mornings, I do something called somatic meditation, which is a um, movement kind of class. I, I call it like an interval style meditation class. And so we'll guide you through one little session of wiggling or moving the body in a weird and unique way to activate sensation. And then we'll sit still for five minutes and drop into meditation. And then we'll activate the body with a little bit of movement again, and then we'll sit in for meditation. So it's like this interval training, teaching the brain, teaching the body how to drop in. And so I would say that if you're looking at all of the stuff that I do from the source of like, for most comfortable to least comfortable Mm -hmm. approachability wise. Mm -hmm. So the movement class on Thursday mornings, that's going to be your most welcoming, easy, user-friendly, like no weirdness, no woo-woo. You're not going to blast off. You're just Just going to feel some sensation. Just feel your body. Yes, wiggle. (laughs) The next thing would be Tuesday breath work without cannabis. If you're not quite ready for plants yet, then breath work would be the next place to start um, to feel how that feels. And then the next ones would be, I think cannabis meditation and womb healing workshops are kind of equivalent in 
potential for intensity, potential for profundity. And the so the best type of intensity, the best type the of intensity, the type. magical intensity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So if any of what I'm offering is like, oh, I'm interested, she sounds cool, but also I don't know, then it's like, okay, just start on Thursday morning with me or come to a Tuesday breath work, feel me out a little bit, get my vibe and then decide if you're ready to go a little bit deeper, go a little bit further. But if you already know, then you don't have to do any of that. Just fucking come. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing with the womb healing? Okay. So I'm super excited about this because actually the ironic thing is when I first, first, first started years and years ago, people that have been following me for a long time, I used to do these things called the journaling projects. And I would send every day for seven days and I would send journal prompts and each prompt would, it would be a list of journal prompts and you would sit there and just answer all these questions. It was just like a self discovery thing. So I have this like big heart for just like pointing people back to themselves, right. And helping people find this path. And so I kind of took that idea and I've evolved it a little bit and I've created the 28 day self-guided womb healing something rather. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. The project or the journey or the, I don't know, but it's a 28 day self-guided womb healing, right? And what that includes is it's going to be four pre-recorded meditations that are focused on each part of your cycle. So there will be one meditation for this week of your bleed. There'll be one meditation for the week after the bleed. Like, are you talking about like the phases, like the luteal yes, phase, the yes. whatever phase? I don't even yeah. know them all. I don't know them all either. And I don't, I don't use the, I don't, I'm not that connected to the cycle period in that same way, which is so funny that I do womb work. You think I would know this, but I'm just like looking at it as like, this is the week I'm bleeding. This is the week after the bleed. This is the week I'm ovulating. And this is the week before I bleed. Gotcha. Right. And so if you look at those four weeks, instead of trying to remember more words, it's like these four weeks, each week will have its own meditation. And so the intention is for one whole cycle is that you'll sit with me for 10 to 12 minutes each day and like do the same meditation for that whole week that you're bleeding. And then the week two is the same meditation every single day for that second week and this and all that. And so in addition to that, you'll be getting emails that have journal prompts, reflections, questions. The meditations will include a little bit of breath work and an intention or a mantra. And then um, the journal prompts will kind of back that up. Oh my God. So I want to do this. I want to do the 28 day. It's like a womb personalized like a womb yes. healing month. Yes. And then can you imagine doing that and then doing a womb healing workshop? Yeah. Well then <gasps> actually, so what it, it also includes will be a two hour pre-recorded womb healing ceremony that you can do one time during the month on your own. Yes. yes. Okay. I am so excited for yes. people who don't live here. Yes. I did not know that you were yes. creating this. So yeah. So that, so that you'll have the four meditations to do every single day, those short ones. And then throughout your cycle at one, you just pick one day during the 28 days, usually during ovulation or the week after ovulation is a great time, but you can do it anytime. Okay. And then, um, you just will carve out the two hours, get in your closet, you know, tell everybody to leave you alone, put your music on so that no one can hear you crying your guts out and then just go deep into that. And you cue it all. And I'll cue the whole thing. Yeah. So it's a pre, everything will be pre-recorded. You can do it on your own time, your own schedule. You don't have to come anywhere. And Nobody has to see you crying. It. And then you can keep it and access it for life over and over and over again. And so then my hope is that if you're having a day where you're like, oh, I'm on my period, I'm I'm hurting, I'm uncomfortable, I'm this, I'm that, then it's like, oh, I have this tool. Let me drop into that. I can just push play. I can sit there. I can breathe. I can feel my body and ask for the wisdom of the womb. Because ultimately what we're doing in womb healing is removing any energy that's stuck in there that's, that's blocking our access to our innate wisdom. And so when you start to learn how to listen and speak the language of the womb, you step into your power. That's where all your female, you know, feminine power, all of that like portal power, that magic power. It's like, it's all in there. So we just have to provoke it and get it up. So yeah, if you register for the 28 day womb, all you have to do is register for it. And then it'll be timed perfectly. 
it'll just come to you and you just pick like where you're at in your cycle and just start there. So it's like if I, I recommend to people to start on day one of the bleed. Okay. And so it's like, if you're not starting for another week, then just go ahead and get it, mark your calendar. And then on day one of the bleed is when you sit down and start. And it's like, I'm starting my period God, today. This is gonna I'm change. starting the self-guided womb healing workshop. Glad I have a feeling about this. I have a feeling about this thing that you just created. Yes. I'm telling you, I think that this might change like womanhood for I'm, a lot of women. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited I'm for so it. I'm so excited. I'm really Everyone excited. go buy the freaking 28 day thing. Yes. Where is it? Is it at Love Culture? Can they uh, buy it there? Where is it going to be? I don't know yet. Can we just link something below this episode? We'll link episode? something in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it in the show or notes. Or just go on your Instagram. Just, yeah, By go the time to my this Instagram. airs, yes. you will yes. have a link. Go to my Instagram. It'll all it'll be everywhere on that. Also, sign up for my email list because anytime that I'm sending out any offerings, it's going to go first to my email list before I send it out anywhere okay. else. And so, um, yeah, just if you get on my email list and you follow me on Instagram and you just ask like, hey, where's that womb healing thing? You'll see it. You'll find it. Don't worry. Hell yeah. And then we'll link it in the show notes. Yay! It's still in creation, so it doesn't exist in a formal space yet. That's why I don't know where to tell people to go. I'm just excited. It's like birthing. You're in labor pains. (laughs) I am in labor pains. pains. (laughs) I am in labor right now. It's beautiful. Okay, this was one of my favorite conversations ever. Yes, me too. Forever obsessed with disorientation. I love it. I think I hated that word before today. No, it's magic. I felt like it was disorienting. Yeah, it is disorienting. That's the whole (laughs) fucking point. Anytime you have an option to shift out of pattern, you shift into potential. I know for me personally, like I just want to be in my potential, right? I don't want to live in pattern because pattern Colette, she didn't get very far. Bless her. You know, like she tried really With all really the effort. Hard. You guys, this so is the hard. definition of work smarter, not harder. Yes. We don't have to work so hard. You just switch it up. Right. Well, switch what is it, it? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, yes. expecting a different result. Freaking break the pattern. Break the pattern. Get a little disoriented. Mm-hmm. Yes, Do some little... things you've never done before right. with an open mind, some curiosity with a safe person. Yes. Watch how fast your life changes. Watch how fast your life changes. Exactly. You guys, go find Colette. So it's now Colette Elosha on Instagram. Colette dot Elosha. Oh, very important. Ooh. Different. Well, the two E's, you know, Colette and oh, ends yeah, with an E and Elosha starts. And so, you know, the yeah, whole thing. You has need to, a dot. <laughs> I didn't want people to think it was like Coletti, you know, even though people call me Colette Elosha. Colette Elosha. Yes. Okay. So come and then on love, loveculture.com. Dot co. Dot co. Yes. So if you go to live.loveculture.co, then that will take you directly to our studio. You can look around at our calendar. You can look at the different offerings that we have up there. I have a bunch of pre recorded workshops and content that I created last year. I will be putting my teacher training up there to live as a self-guided study starting 2023. So there's all kinds of different modalities and resources on that platform. And it is still growing. Like it's in its very, very early stages. Um, So yeah, you can find live.loveculture.co and that will take you to the Monday night meditations, the Tuesday breath work, the Thursday somatic meditation classes, plus all of the offerings of the other practitioners that I have on that um, platform. Let's go, Proud of you. You are really doing this. I'm trying. This was the name change. It was time. It was time to do it. It was a pattern. It was a pattern interruption. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Okay, you guys, go find Colette. We love you so much. Thank you for listening to this. Give us some feedback. We love hearing it. Um, Come back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.